Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Geek Garage Podcast. I am your host, David Dassall, like always. We're going to go ahead and get to our topic today. Um, it is open source marketing. Uh, what is open source marketing, you say? Um, that's a good question. I actually don't know what it means at all, which is why... <laughs> Which is why I brought on one of my good friends to help explain it to my dumbass brain. Um, no, I'm I'm kidding. I actually helped coin the term of this uh, episode. It's essentially finding free knowledge for whatever it is you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is what we are doing today to accomplish marketing knowledge. We want to impart free knowledge on how to find free knowledge. Isn't that right, Brianna? I mean, yeah, we're not going to charge you any money for it. It's all free. Yes. At least that's that's the plan. Right. As of this, as of this moment, this podcast is free for now. (laughs) Um, But you know what? That that may change. I'm just joking. This podcast will never, never cost anyone money. Um, But yes, this is a good opportunity for me to introduce my guest today. Um, She is a, marketing not a guru uh not a guru no um we're gonna get to that later um (laughs) but she she's a badass uh she is an amazing friend um she does all kinds of crazy shit with marketing that makes my fucking head spin and she drops some knowledge bombs on me uh every single day um it's uh it's brianna reed darling thank you so much for joining us today absolutely yeah i so to give listeners context david and i have been friends for several years now um, and we've been working together on a youtube channel um called two player media which is how i met you and some of the the other strapping young gentlemen that we used to make comment content with and um I had been working in marketing for a few years by then, and I decided that I wanted to get into the realm of content marketing. Um, and then it just so happened that at one point you were looking for a job, so then you came on to the company I was working at. So David and I actually go like f- far back into like a lot of different buckets. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess like if we want to talk about credentials, um, I've been doing professional marketing on several levels for about eight years now. Um, I graduated with my bachelor's degree in web design and interactive media. Um, I'm also a digital marketing certified from Google. And mostly what I've done the past few eight years um, has been client-based. So I was working at an agency or something like that where people would come to us with their marketing needs and produce that and I've worked with everyone from like content creators to small business to a bunch of really big names so if I want to get a little name droppy it would involve some people like uh you know UPS, <laughs> Lyft, Panera Bread, uh, Affleck, Goodwill, Ferrari, Equifax. Who are those? I've never heard of any of those people. It's a lot, yeah it's a lot, it's a lot of people. Is that unified, uh, personable? Um, uh, sorry, that's not funny. <laughs> it's uh, it's UFO placement systems. I think is what it's called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and and Lyft. That <clears throat> they sound dumb. They sound like they don't make any money at all. Yeah, you know, Uber totally does not hate them at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a rant yeah, for like, another time. Actually, yeah. Uber, the funny part is, is like uh, I've been more involved with Lyft than I was with Uber, but Uber was one of my clients at one point. So Sure. Which I, I guess makes 
makes sense in some form or fashion because like mm-hmm. the people who started Lyft actually started at Uber and you know. uh, um, that's that's how Lyft got started is I, I guess there was some disagreements but yeah like you said that's that's a conversation for another time <laughs> um, but yes so like I said today uh, we are going to be discussing how to go about marketing yourself and your brand your side gig your mm-hmm. side hustle your 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 business, whatever, whatever it is you do that, uh, where you create content or material or whatever for the internet or physically, um, we're going to talk about how to find the best information. Um, we're going to give you information as mm-hmm. well as give you information on how to find the best information. If that makes any sense at all, I promise, uh, if it doesn't, uh, I promise it will all kind of like fall into place here in just a few moments when we get the ball rolling. Um, I, I think Brianna has my back on that. <laughs> well, I kind of believe in the philosophy of you don't just want to hold people's hands. You want to teach them how to like fly on their own, you know? So right. I, you know, I was writing the show notes and I wanted to make sure that when people listen to this, they're not just, <clears throat> they're not just relying on, one piece of information. They know how to look up this information, not only in a way that serves them, but is also responsible. Um, a rant that we'll get to in a bit is there's a lot of places that are a little shady. Mm-hmm. Yes. A few. Um, yeah. So um, you have to be a little, little careful out there. Just, just with anything. I mean, it's the internet. You never know where you're going to run into, but. Right. Um, uh, yeah. So, so I, I, I guess let's go ahead and kick it off. So, uh, you, so you've been, uh, like you said, you've been working in marketing for, for quite a while, mm-hmm. uh, enough to show up the average mofo. Um, you, <laughs> so it, it sounds like you get a lot of the same questions over and over again. Oh yeah. So I, the, the type of marketing that I deal with with clients, believe it or not, is very similar to what you would do as an individual who owns like a podcast, for example. So I get a lot of questions about like, how do I get people to like my Facebook page or how do I get people to buy my stuff or how do I get people to watch my YouTube channel, whatever the case may be. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I discovered that, you know, I enjoy giving advice on a one-on-one level. Um, but as time go- went by, it kind of felt like I was a broken record and I just kept saying the same thing over and over. And so I started researching this information myself to see what was actually out there. Um, and it feels like to me that a lot of marketing advice out there, it's either it's it's one of two things. And, and of course, this isn't like for everything. There are good sources out there, but it's one or two things. Um, one, it's like a half-assed blog post that doesn't really describe a whole lot of what you're actually supposed to be doing. Or two, it's behind like a $400 paywall. <laughs> it, and neither of those is really helpful, you know? So I, you know, I try to do my best to teach people like what they actually need to be doing. Um, but it's frustrating that the information just isn't like available, right? Right. <clears throat> um, so... I think what people need to realize is that the advice you're going to find, it's going to change depending on what context you need. And if you're going to be looking stuff up, for example, like you need to be a little specific. So like say that you are running a podcast about 
comic books and you're trying to get in front of an audience of people who read comic books, for example, you're not just going to want to look up how to get podcast listeners. Cause I mean, everything that you find is going to be generic as fuck. But if you look up how to get people who like comic books to listen to my podcast or whatever, um, as a little bit more specific to what the issue you have. And I think people get hung up on the general advice and they don't really know what they're supposed to be doing. So are you, are you trying to call me out right now, Brianna? A little bit. Because <laughs> you're like, Hey David, your Googling skills are shit. Why don't you uh, tighten, tighten that up? It's something I've noticed though. Like people all the time, like, you know, they ask me these questions and then I go down a Google like search hole. And then all of a sudden I just, I, I find something that's relevant um and now unfortunately when when you're in a certain niche like like a geeky type niche like we are sometimes you just can't find that content right but um i think the one thing that people i I wish people would know is that there are no marketing secrets (laughs) right like the marketing secret like woo stuff like doesn't actually exist like there are a lot of people who seem to have the impression that people who work in marketing are just kind of like hiding these secrets from everyone. Mm. Here's what goes into marketing. You got time, you got patience, strategy, planning, and to be completely honest, money, um, which I realize is not a, an available resource for everyone, but the more money or budget you have for marketing, obviously it's going to be a better, uh, better return. But a lot of what I do in my career actually doesn't cost a lot of money, believe it or not, um, or doesn't have to. Um, you know, granted, like, say Coca-Cola came to you and wanted to run an ad campaign, well, then they would probably spend, like, a million dollars on, like, TV commercials and, like, advertisements in, like, the Super Bowl or, like, whatever, right? But obviously that isn't realistic. Um, so, and I think what people get hung up on is, like, well, I don't have any money for marketing. What do I do? Um a lot of it is just time mm-hmm. and consistency and just constantly posting and like telling people, you know, if you do like a live stream or if you have like a podcast or something like, Hey, I post every Wednesday, I stream every Friday. I just, you know, just showing up. And I think what's really frustrating is that doesn't always bring in a return as fast as some people want. Mm-hmm. But if you want your audience to grow, you just got to keep showing up. Yeah, that's that's <clears throat> definitely one thing, uh, probably one of the biggest things that I've learned personally with the podcast, and I've mentioned this uh, a few times uh, here recently and in the past, is that <clears throat> um, uh, we, we've learned uh, through the hard way and like physically connecting with people at conventions, doing mm-hmm. marketing, that mm-hmm. people strive on consistent uh, content. Uh, so, uh, it, it's not necessarily like sticking to like a weekly schedule or bi-weekly schedule. Like you don't have to hold yourself accountable to like produce content on like every single day of the week, like every Monday or every other Monday, but like just having some sort of consistency mm-hmm. is one of the biggest keys. And, and Brianna, just like you said, um, you know, it's not going to come automatically. Like, don't think that just because you, start doing that that all of a sudden you're going to see this huge influx of like either profit if you're selling something or like listeners if you have a podcast or uh site visitors if you have a blog or whatever but like that is one of the huge stepping stones um to 
um, you know, just upping your marketing game. Well, for example, too, like I, um, I don't work agency side anymore. I am on the marketing team for a software company. Mm-hmm. And what, one of the struggles that we sometimes have with our sales team is that they want results now. You know, they right. want the leads, they want uh, the marketing efforts to funnel into money, which it does eventually. Like that's why we do marketing is to sell our software to prospects. But some of the stuff that we do, like it, it's not going to have an immediate return. Like we have to set the ex- expectation with the sales team, like the stuff that we're doing, you're probably not going to see any leads or sales from it for at least six months. Right. Um, and it's kind of the same with content. Um, you don't necessarily have to funnel a bunch of money into it, but like, it doesn't matter if you have money or not. Like just shit takes time. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. you know, I don't have a better answer to that. And I, I think what happens is a lot of people, they start their blog or their podcast or their business. And after three months, they're burnt out on it and they just quit. And I'm like, you can't quit. Like you have to keep going or else it's just going to completely fail. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. I like, I, I get a lot of like white eyes when I tell people that the podcast has survived three years mm-hmm. and I wish I could say that my eyes aren't any are are aren't wider than theirs because I too am super surprised that the podcast has lasted this long because just like you uh, uh, explained, um, you know it's uh, it takes a lot of time and effort and you get burnt out and exhausted really mm-hmm. easily if if you don't know how to just properly go about you know all the different facets of of what you're doing. Um, so it is easy to get burnt out after a while and then things just kind of drop off or, 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 you know, fall at the, the wayside, get put on mm-hmm. the back burner. And, um, and then all of a sudden it, it becomes something that you're not even doing any, anymore. So yeah, like I, I totally get that. That's a, it, it's a, it's a huge issue, huge, hu- uh, huge potential, potential problem. So yeah, so I, I think for our first, uh, first kind of big segment, uh, Brianna, you had some marketing foundations um, that, that you had written up? Yeah, so I think one of the issues that a lot of new people, whether they're like a content creator or a small business owner, is they don't really do a lot of the footwork up front before they kind of get into it, uh, which is fair. Like, I, if no one's telling you to do that, then why would you not sure. do it? Right. Um but the great thing about the footwork is that it can be retroactive. You can go back and do it even though you've already started. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I call it like marketing foundations because um, it's it's something that even though you can retroactively do it, it's something that you really need to lay the base foundation for everything that you do. Um, yes. So I've defined five of them. This is not based off of like any like crazy like psychology that I learned from some professor back in the day. This is just my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to know, one, what you're doing, two, why you're doing it, three, who you're doing it for, four, what problems it solves, and then five, your unique selling proposition. And I will get into all those one by one. So you need to know what you're doing. This one feels obvious, but it might not be at first. So like, what are you doing? Maybe you are a Twitch streamer and you want to stream playing games online. Great. Except that there are like a million of them online right now. Right. So (laughs) 
what helps <laughs> is like when when there's you're so sending many streamers. Yeah, there's so many. That's ridiculous. Um it's it's easy to get into, you know, like the you know, you just buy a webcam right. and a mic and you go. But um yeah, you need to really know like not only what you're streaming, like, but how niche it is so like do you only stream old like retro games or do you only play only playing games do you only play like Fortnite? um you, you know whatever it is like it's going to really impact all these other foundations so you need to really define like what it is that you're doing um and the next step after that is like why am i doing it right so let's go back to the twitch streamer example say that you stream old video games. Um, why are you doing it? Is it because you want to see more content that involves old retro video games? Are you doing it um, because you just really like playing them? Do you want to connect with other people who enjoy doing them? Um, and it doesn't really have to be a world-changing answer either. It can literally just because I was bored and I wanted to do something fun. That's a totally okay answer. It's just as long as you know why you're doing it, um, the only advice I'll give is don't do it for money <laughs> because you will hate yourself and you will quit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I will definitely attest to that. I will also attest to the whole, like, I was bored and I just wanted to do something that sounded like a lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. That's exactly why I started the podcast. Um, people were, like, making podcasts mm-hmm. and I I hadn't heard of one yet that... Uh, did all kinds of like geeky topics like it wasn't just centric to like anime or cosplay Mm -hmm. or like digital gaming analog gaming um something that covered a broad spectrum of things because Mm -hmm. i have adhd which is also something we're going to get to in a little bit (laughs) yeah um but you know that's very much my personality type um you know i just like to talk about uh all different kinds of stuff within the realm of geek and nerd culture Mm. um so there's that and like i said i was just uh, i I was kind of bored but like i also just wanted to make something neat like i've always Mm -hmm. been like some sort of content creator at heart so brianna just like you said it's um it's totally acceptable if your answer is like i'm bored and i want to do something yeah it doesn't have to be like i'm going to solve world hunger like it doesn't have to be like that it could just be i wanted to do something with my buds and you know that's a good enough answer um, as long as you know that that's the why, um, I think that's the most important part. Um, and I, you also need to know, again, the third one on the list here is who you're doing it for, um, which mm-hmm. is also really, really important. Yeah. Um, so an example that I'd come up with was, um, and this is an example I've seen in real life. So say you're a parent, but you're kind of like a geeky like gamer parent, which is a little bit different than most of like the mommy type blogs that you see out there, which are very... Um, gross basic yeah <laughs> um let's just be a psl latte drinking uh hey i love me some pumpkin spice don't get me wrong but goodness um yeah okay, they're kind of paint with the broad brush here but, no we're, we're just big assholes but <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah they're very generic generic unfortunately um and so what works in the content realm of things is being a little bit more niche mm-hmm. and so what if you wrote a parenting blog that had to do with raising like a gamer, like how to play magic, the gathering with your kids or like how, you know, what video games are acceptable for a 10 year old to play? Like, you know, stuff like that. I think right. is really cool. Um, so 
when you get into that sort of topic, then at that point it's going to be like, well, who am I writing for? Well, probably other geeky parents who just want to find other parents who are interested in the stuff they're in and maybe their kids could hang out. Like it's just stuff like that. It's really, really important. Um, Cause if you don't know who you're doing it for, then you're going to be all over the place. And then like, right. no one's going to know what you're about or like why you're doing it. So uh, the fourth one, and again, this doesn't have to be a world changing answer. What problems are you solving? And I think a lot of people get stuck on this one because they don't really feel like they're solving a problem. Um, but believe it or not, boredom is a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you are doing something purely for entertainment, such as doing a podcast or uh, doing like a Twitch stream or something like that, it's okay that the problem is just solving boredom, whether it be well, boredom for yourself or boredom for people who are listening. Um, a problem that's really common in today's world is a lot of people feel really disconnected. So it's nice to create content that's really relevant to what they're going through um, or what they're interested in. And so that's another problem you could have. Um, yeah. But also you can get a little bit more specific. Like say you've been like, you know, you, Dave, you've been writing a podcast for three years. What if you wrote a blog post that was like how to set up a podcast, you know, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure some people would appreciate that. Um, yeah. And it kind of, rebrands you a little bit not just as a content creator but also as like an authority figure um which sounds silly because like at the end of the day like most content creators kind of just we don't really feel like professionals we just kind of like we're just doing our thing but when you've been doing a podcast for three years like that's pretty impressive (laughs) right yeah like you you like it's okay to have some self-deprecating humor but it you also have to give yourself some credit like yeah you may not have the listenership or the readership or following that you you may want or the the kind of uh, following that generates actual money and revenue but you know that doesn't necessarily equate to quote-unquote success you know Mm -hmm. it's um, it, it still means that you you stood the test of time for what what you're trying to do. You're you're kind of over that hump, so you you should lend yourself some credit. Um, uh, so so yeah, that's that's definitely a good point. Well, and I think most people want to learn from someone who's actually been there, and they're not just right um, saying that they have. This is where I go. <laughs> I kind of want to rant about the gurus now. Can we talk about that? (laughs) We sure can. Yes. (laughs) Let let me get through the unique selling proposition and then I'll, and then I'll go into my, my rant about the gurus here. Um, Okay. uh, Cause that's actually going to segue into our next topic, which is about doing your own research. But um, so unique selling propositions. um, I know it sounds like a bunch of buzzword marketing garbage when I say that, Um, but it's an actual term in the marketing world where it really just means what is unique about you that is going to attract people to your product or your service or your content. That's literally all it is. And Mm -hmm. so it could be as simple as um, maybe you're an artist and you specialize in a certain kind of art, or maybe you're a queer person of color who writes urban fantasy novels, or like maybe you're a dad and you're doing a podcast about what it's like to be a nerdy dad, like, you know, whatever it happens to be, that is your unique selling proposition. That's what's going to attract people to you, to your story, to your personality, like basically everything you do within your brand. 
Yeah. It also helps uh, with writing your like your bio or your mm-hmm. summary for, mm-hmm. for your, your side project or hustle or whatever you want to call it. Uh, like that's that's kind of how I came up with, you know, what what's listed in iTunes or Spotify whenever you uh, look up the Geek Garage podcast is mm-hmm. like I I figured out like who my target audience is mm-hmm. and like what I'm trying to do, what I want to do, like the the content that I put out there and just kind of summarized all that into like a, like a four to five sentence blurb. Um, and that kind of became my unique selling proposition uh, that worked uh, duly as my podcast summary. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And like all of this information that we were talking about, it it's useful, not just from like a philosophical standpoint, it's also useful for writing content and kind of pointing yourself in a direction a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but like, I have a really hard time getting myself to just focus on one thing at a time. I want to do like 20 things. Yes. So I kind of need to have the actual why of what I'm doing and who I'm doing it for literally written down somewhere so I can go back and look at it so I'm not squirreling my brain away in a different direction because otherwise it's bad. Like I'm, I just can't focus on anything. I want to just do other stuff and it's nuts. So that, that's kind of what it's for. Yeah. (laughs) We, We got the ad brain going on. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So I had mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that I believe that if you're going to teach people something, you also need to teach them how to do their own research or how to, you know, continue teaching themselves. Um, and Google, of course, is a great resource. And this is um, where my rant is about to come up. Mm-hmm. Um, you will find in the Google world, when you're looking up marketing advice, people who not always brand themselves as marketing gurus, they often do. Um, and you'll get through their page and they have like a little bit of free content and maybe it's a little helpful. And then they slap you in the face <laughs> with a $400 ebook that's going to solve all your problems. Yeah, it's and it contains all the secrets to marketing. All of the secrets. Yeah, all of them. It, yeah, in like one sentence it has like every single like buzzword and yeah. <laughs> term that you ever like could possibly ask for like the the top 10 secrets to marketing in this one and only $450,000 ebook that yeah. you'll never find anywhere else. It's actually discounted right now. It's uh, uh, usually like $1 million, but you can have it now <laughs> for half that price. We're having a holiday sale. <laughs> That's literally what it is, though. Um, they they have this, uh, what we like to call in marketing, it's like a false sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. Um, and like one of the reasons why I think people hate marketing is because like people aren't stupid. They know that marketing is sometimes intentionally a little misleading. Right. Um, and there, there are people like me who like to do what's called ethical marketing where we don't do the sense of urgency because it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, yeah, you'll, you'll run into these people where like, um, they're trying to sell you a $400 ebook, but they're like for a limited time, it's only like $79. Here's the secret. It's always $79. Right. Yeah. You think of like going to Kohl's or JCPenney's or some other department store where like you see something that is priced at like $80 and they're like this weekend only it's like $49.99 or it's like 40% off. Like no fucker jokes on you. Like it is, 
is always $49.99. Like, they just yep. marked it up to $80 to make you feel better about yourself and your small penis. Like, <laughs> uh, like and Hobby Lobby does that. Like, mm-hmm. I know I'm throwing out, like, names here, and Hobby Lobby's going to put me on their blacklist or some shit. But, you know, whatever. I'll just buy their stuff online under a pseudonym. Um, but, yeah, they're notorious for doing that, too. I, I know people know this, but... Yeah, it's it's definitely one of the what it, what did you call it? Um, the the marketing technique like um, oh, it's um a false sense of urgency. Yeah, um, yeah, like literally, if you go Google marketing sense of urgency, you will find a million articles about how to set up sense of urgency in your market. And I'm like, stop, don't do that. It's so annoying. Right. Please don't, yeah. please don't rush people into making decisions. And the reason why people do it is because it works. It's manipulative, and I don't right. like it, but it works, and that's why yeah. people do it. Yeah, it's it's very dirty, um, and I definitely would not feel comfortable doing anything like that. It's yeah, yeah, it's kind of gross. And you know, I I believe that people deserve to be paid for giving marketing advice for sure. Um, the problem I have is these blogs that seem to claim that they're gonna like fix all your problems and blah blah. blah. For one, like I with the exception of a few, like I have done a lot of research the lot past few years, just as I've been answering questions for people just to kind of like make sure that I'm on the right track. And I found that a lot of them, um, these people, like when I go to go look them up on like LinkedIn and stuff, don't have any marketing experience, like professionally, they are full of shit. Like what, what they do, there's this is literally what they do because I bought into one of these programs one time because I wanted to spend money to see if I was right. And I was horrified. Sure. What they do is that they will have a like bit of content and then they will get people to join their masterclass and they say, hey, I will give you this content for you to repackage and resell on your own website. You just have to rewrite it a little bit to be like within your niche or whatever. Oh, Jesus Christ. And it's the same content over and over and over and over. And it's just it's disgusting. (laughs) As someone who does marketing, like real marketing for real companies, I want to set them on fire. <laughs> wow. Okay. So the internet does that. Uh, it, it's definitely not the worst thing that I've uh, I've heard about going on on the internet. But you know. <laughs> so point being, when you're looking at marketing, if you know if there's a big price tag on it, that's that's red flag number one. Like. Mm-hmm. Just don't like because like anything that you could find in these packets are free online. I can guarantee it. Like, um, and it just frustrates me. And that's marketing, you know, advice is not the only place that, where this is an issue. Like you said, you go to JCPenney's and see an $80 t-shirt that's marked as half off. Well, it's always been $40. Right. Um, and that's just like a common manipulative sales tactic that unfortunately it's kind of rolled into the online marketing advice world so it's really frustrating but that said there are a lot of online free advice resources that are actually really good um specifically really technical blogs that will explain to you not only like why you need to have an email list but like how to set one up and like how much it costs and a lot of the times they'll even have an affiliate link so you can get a discount on the service that they're promoting usually it's like mailchimp or something like that mm-hmm. um and that stuff great it's awesome um i definitely am really really a supporter of people who don't sell 
courses for like a million dollars, but instead will do affiliate links because they make money off of that. And like I said, I think they have the right to make money off of that. I just, you got to do it in a way that's ethical. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's almost like, uh, like citing your sources in like a, like Mm -hmm. an English paper or something. Well, and like one of the biggest issues that a lot of people have right now is, uh, the Facebook algorithm. Mm -hmm. The advice I've seen on how to quote unquote fight the algorithm (laughs) none of it's real (laughs) let me just put it that way like i because like i've been working in marketing long enough that sometimes we get so frustrated and when you're a bigger working at a bigger company you have a little bit more clout to do this where you can just email the facebook devs and be like what the fuck right and most of the time they don't even know what the hell's going on same with google we have emailed google our seo guy at work has emailed google and then been like i don't know like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> we are paying these systems money to to boost bullshit. Right. And they don't even know what's going on. So here's the thing, everyone. You want to fight the algorithm? You fucking can't. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like, if uh, it's sometimes you get geniuses at Facebook, uh, but uh, other times, uh, you know, like, like you said, they're just like, Mm, the algorithm is out of control it has a mind mind of its own it's actually running this place help us out yeah like (laughs) there are certain things that you can do like that you know if you're if you're paying money you're running ads there are certain um audiences you can target and that's how that works but as far as like the algorithm of like the way that things show up on your timeline who fucking knows man yeah you know i mean yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It's not exactly like a, a surprise that if you're going to pay for advertising, like they they stick your your ad like in in prime spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so it's more likely that people will actually see them. Um, you know that that doesn't necessarily dictate clicks, but you know it it increases chances. But that's that, that's essentially how it works. You know is. Uh, but like I said, it's not necessarily a huge shocker. Yeah. Uh, you know, the best advice, just... the best advice that I would have from for Facebook specifically, um, again, with the consistency, you know, and also frequency, mm-hmm. the, the way that Facebook works is that it doesn't show anything um, in order uh, by like post date. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people have anxiety about posting too much, but most of the time, like if you post like three times a day, for example, people are only going to see one of them. So like, don't be afraid to like get a little spammy on the Facebook. Cause you, you kind of have to, unless you pay money. So it's like one or the other. Yeah. I, uh, I actually just saw this article. I wish I could remember the name of the website. Um, it was a little outdated, so I'd like to research this uh, a little bit further, mm-hmm. but it actually broke down the, the three main ones. It, it broke down Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter Mm-hmm. and how how often to post and what to post yeah um mm-hmm. it, it was it was definitely more about like how often um and like what time a day um what what time through uh like what days throughout the week um mm-hmm. it was like incredibly helpful but like i said it was um it was from a couple of years ago so it might have changed um you know how social networking sites work but, you know the well, things and- change so often the information with those, um, believe it or not, it's not a bunch of bullshit. Like the the way that that information is collected is through analytics. So, like right. if you have a Facebook page, you will have a tab at the top called Insights, 
-hmm. and it'll show you not only who's looking at your page, but like what time and that kind of thing. And there are companies who literally all they do is they do data mining, um, Mm -hmm. which is one of many reasons why so many people are paranoid about their private information on Facebook. It's because it's used for marketing purposes. Let's, let's be real. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's important for people like us who need context. Like do people read their Facebook timeline more on a Monday or a Tuesday? Like, and do they read it more in the morning or at night? And when you have those analytics to back that up, that's when it's more legitimate than, do this to fight the algorithm like shut up (laughs) right that doesn't do anything yeah but i guess the only like other thing i'd say about doing your research is um the best way you can learn about what you need to be doing is to surround yourself with people who do what you do Mm -hmm. um or like follow people that are successful in a way that you want to be successful um you know it can be a little awkward because it almost feels like you're competing with them a little bit um but you kind of have to reprogram your mind and that you can only lift each other up it's not a competition there's so much content out there there's so many businesses um you you know collaborating or being friends with someone who's doing the same thing with you isn't necessarily going to take customers away from you to them it actually most of the time it actually just helps you both grow yeah yeah for sure uh i mean like that that was probably one of the hardest things that i had to kind of learn and overcome uh over the last couple years like i would i would just shrivel up and die at the thought of going to someone who was better than me uh at either podcasting or writing or, or whatever i was trying to accomplish at the time and uh and trying to find someone and then go to them on purpose to like kind of ask for advice not because i was like afraid to like approach this person like thinking that they were like some some big important like uh you know whatever i i was just afraid of being like shunned and Mm -hmm. like put into this this small i like i just i knew that i didn't amount to shit and i didn't want like further proof that that was that was real yeah but it's out that if you actually make the efforts if you know if you try and stay humble and stay receptive to the fact that you're always going to be learning and 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 improving upon your process and your product and and whatever it whatever else it is you do um it's it's only beneficial to constantly consult people that are better than you at whatever it is you do yeah um, be, because they uh not always but a lot of the times they will be more than happy to to give you advice or mentor you or, or whatever it is you're looking for because more than likely nine times out of ten they have also been where you're at mm-hmm. and they they're more than willing to give you that advice or whatever it is you're looking for um you know because like i said they they were once in your shoes they were once just wandering around not knowing what the fuck to do yeah and and so it it kind of like it makes them feel good uh Mm -hmm. to to know that like they've kind of made it to that place um and so like i said they're they're uh, a lot of them are just willing to help out and i've experienced that firsthand and that's why I'm not as hesitant anymore to to go find help <laughs> whenever I need it. So, well, you know, it's 
one of those things too, where, you know, they were in your shoes and they probably also wish that they had had like a mentor. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to be able to pay that forward a little bit. Like I'm going to help other people with, you know, their blog or whatever it is. Um, which is pretty common, actually. I've, you know, I read a lot of different blogs about all kinds of things. And a lot of them have actually started creating subsections on their blog to explain what it is they do, how they got there, um, why they do it, and, you know, how you can do it, too, which is pretty cool. Um, right. One of my favorite bloggers, she, um, and this is a, a good example of, like, really do your research, because, like I said, like, you know, some ebooks and stuff are actually pretty valuable. I liked her story so much that I bought her $50 ebook and it's actually, it was a really, really long ebook. It's been really helpful. Um, so it's, it's okay to spend money on that kind of stuff once in a while. Just don't be canned by the, uh, the $400 gurus who <laughs> claim that they have all the secrets because they don't. So, right. Hey everyone, it's David from the Geek Garage Podcast. I just wanted to take a quick second to tell you about our new partnership with Everyday Superhero Training. They are a gym in Nashville, Tennessee that you should definitely check out. The gym is ran by Julian and Lydia who make up the Everyday Superhero Training team. And what Everyday Superhero Training is, is a nerd-centric, holistic, personal training and group fitness wellness program taught through the modalities of RPGs, video games, comic books, superheroes, and pop culture nerdiness. Just a few things that they have to offer is a free digital magazine that covers everything that they nerd out about and it is delivered straight to your email inbox. They have a soon to be famous Mission Quest Fitness RPG, Nerd Skills, which is a class that uses specific training tactics to help you improve at activities you already enjoy, superhero tinted group classes, personal training integrated into every level of membership, a supportive and positive environment that wants to hear more about your current D&D campaign or show that you're currently binging, and then how much you can binge. So please support Julian and Lydia by visiting EverydaySuperheroTraining.com for more info on this amazing gym. Thank you. All right, so we we just discussed you know doing your research and your due diligence about um, you know your your marketing plan. We're going to jump now into what you actually need to focus on on the basically the, the meat of of what don't don't do don't do what it is you do do the thing that you do that that you want to do. Does that make sense? No. <laughs> Once again, that's why I brought brought Brienne on this podcast to uh, to, <laughs> to help explain uh, the things that don't make sense in my brain. Hey, so <laughs> you're you're doing great. <laughs> so yeah, so we've we've talked about a lot of the overhead of you know philosophy type stuff and figuring out what you're doing and why you're doing it and then how to research what it is you need to be doing but at the end of the day you kind of want some more actionable advice right and unfortunately like you can't really condense a whole marketing plan into like a a one hour or so podcast episode i could do an entire podcast series on this stuff but Mm -hmm. i will give some high arching advice so 
a lot of people get stuck in the concept that they kind of have to be everywhere. And I'm here to tell you, please don't because you will burn yourself out. Um, There's something in marketing called siloing um, where you really want to focus on where your audience actually is. And it might be one, two, three, maybe four places instead of, you know, the 12 places that you could be. Um, So like, there's a few questions you might want to answer um, about your audience. Like, are they an audience that would actually check their email? Like, would it be worth making an email list? Um, or are they more active on social media or do they like both? Like, do you want to do both? Um, do they prefer one sort of social media platform other or another? Um, does your audience congregate at certain events? Like, are you going to see them at like an anime convention or a comic book convention or say like a gaming event? Um, does your audience spend a lot of time in online chat rooms or groups or forums or, you know, a meetup website, you know, whatever have you, you need to know where they are so you can figure out how to get in front of them. But I will say it's also okay not to know that, um, a lot of marketing is really experimenting with your platforms. So say you're an artist and you might want to try a Twitch stream because Twitch does have a creative Twitch stream section. You do it for six months. No one really shows up and you're kind of tired of it. It's okay to just give up and Mm -hmm. just focus on your Instagram and your like portfolio website or whatever. Um, Sometimes that happens. You never know. Um, You know, and I work at a multi-million dollar startup company and same thing happens to us. Like we, tried sending out a bunch of mailers like in the mail that we designed it was beautiful most of them got returned (laughs) we spent a bunch of money on these on these uh mailers we were like let's experiment and see what happens it was it was not a great not a great return so like people in the professional marketing world we do it too so like don't get discouraged if you're doing something and it doesn't work so yeah there's uh, uh with with marketing i mean with anything uh, within the realm of content creation or, or side hustles businesses there is going to be some bombs like just some things that you try out um to see if it works and it just fucking doesn't work like um when we went to galaxy con this uh this past year back in november we we had some business cards printed out and we actually had a bunch of people ask for business cards um, and so we were glad that we had some printed out, but I actually took a walk around the convention, um, at one point in time, just to see all the different exhibitors and artists that were there. And I like found one or two of my business cards on the floor and I was like, well, this is just fantastic. Like, At least you got them back and you didn't, they didn't like go in the trash, which a lot of them, unfortunately, I tell people all the time, do not spend a ton of money on your business cards because most right. of them just go in the trash. Yeah, um, I, I guess this this would have been good to um, add into like the resources section. Um, and it's too bad. I maybe maybe you know their name. It's I think it's called like Blue Blue Chip or something like that. But it's it's like a, a single business card that you tap on the back of your phone, and it gives you all the links that you need for. No, I've never heard of that. That sounds dope. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it, it's literally the size of like um, like a credit card, so you can stick it in your wallet. Um, oh my god! You one, and so when someone asks for a business card, like you take it out, you tap it on the back, so like you you set up an account and you uh, you add all your links to it, and so uh, 
the the person that you hand it to doesn't need an app or anything like you just tap it on the back of your card and it kind of it it just flashes one of the the things that shows like a push notification on your phone and you slide to unlock and then it lists all of your links so like facebook uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Snapchat, your website. And you can also do custom links too. So like, say if, if you have like, um, say hypothetically um, speaking, Twitch isn't supported through the, their, their system. Like you can mm-hmm. just manually add your Twitch link on there and they can just swipe and, um, and go directly to there. So that also solves the problem of seeing who's actually interested in checking out your content because someone could just say hey do you have a business card as a nice way to be like hey piss off like i'm Mm -hmm. done talking to you right now Mm -hmm. um which i've kind of gotten in the past like i've kind of gotten that vibe from people um so i thought this uh, was an excellent resource for multiple reasons but uh definitely that one as well to see who was actually interested in like hearing the podcast. So Well, and, like that's um, why I like these conversations cuz like I've been doing marketing for 8 years and I've never heard of that. And my yeah, mind's it, a little blown right now. <laughs> it's uh, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to google it real quick to see if I can find it. Um but yeah, it's it's like um it's like blue chip uh, uh business card or something like that. Um I'll uh, I'll I'll find it real quick and um Oh, here it is. Blue Social. Yeah. Blue Social. Um, okay. Yeah. So if you just go to like blue.social, mm-hmm. uh, www, uh, it's prefixed with the HTTPS colon forward slash. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just blue.social. Um, and yeah, it has, a, it, there's really not, not much to their website. It's, it's pretty cool. Like it, it's just a demo video. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think the card is like 30 bucks. But in my opinion, money well spent because you're going to spend at least 30 bucks getting like your first set of cards printed anyways. Um, so, you know, you you just get one card and you're done. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. OK, so let's uh, let's segue right into social networking, shall we? Yeah. So one of you know, one of the things I talked about earlier was trying to figure out where your audience lives. And the same applies for social media. Um, you don't have to be everywhere all at once. Um, I actually don't recommend it. I recommend siloing your content, which is to say like focus on one or two um, or even three if you want to, just so that you're not spread too thin. Um, because if you're trying to manage too many networks at once, you're going to get burnt out really quickly. Um, so for example, um, if you have a Twitch stream, a lot of Twitch streamers stick to Twitter Um I believe because everything on Twitter is typically in sequential order. Um, So you'll know when a streamer is going live because it's like at the top of your feed, right? Whereas most Twitch streamers don't really have a Facebook presence because if they post on Facebook, most people who follow their page are not going to see it at the time that it's posted. Um, For artists, you might want to stick to something more visual like Instagram or Pinterest, Um, you can post on Facebook and and Twitter, um, and a lot do, but if you are feeling a little bit overwhelmed, it's okay to just focus on those two and that's fine. Um, Mm -hmm. and again, like it's okay to be everywhere. Just make sure you're not like you're doing it with intention and purpose and not just because you feel like you have to do it. Yeah. This, this was definitely a thing that I had to 
um, focus on myself uh, whenever I first started the podcast. Like, I I was like, oh, uh, like I feel like I need to be everywhere. Like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, uh, TikTok wasn't a thing at the time, but um, you know, just all these different platforms. Now it's like I feel like I need to be everywhere, and it's kind of the opposite. Like. Uh, I'd say my biggest audience and, and listenership and followership is, is probably Facebook um, mm-hmm. and a close second with Instagram, which is odd because Instagram, like you said, you kind of associate it with visual stuff like mm-hmm. pictures, artwork. Um, so, uh, and you know, uh, podcasting is obviously audio, but like I get a lot of um, interaction on Instagram and that's because it's like really popular Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, I, I think people, uh, I, I think it also like breaks things up uh, mm-hmm. a little bit for them, you know, uh, aside from seeing like selfies all day long, um, you know, you see something else. So it kind of like breaks things up for, for people. So yeah, uh, I, I definitely echo and agree with what you said where like, if you feel like you, you don't want to be everywhere, like that's perfectly fine. Well, and I think, you know, it's it's funny how you say that you're on Instagram, but it doesn't really make sense. Um, it kind of goes back to you sometimes don't know where your audience is going to engage more. And if you're getting more engagement on Instagram, it might not make a lot of sense. But I mean, if that's where you're getting engagement, that's where you need to focus. Right. Where your audience lives. Yeah, I, I didn't know that we should have had a YouTube channel. But like at MTAC or the Middle Tennessee Anime Convention, for those of you that aren't aware of MTAC, and we were talking to people about the podcast and they were like, are you guys on YouTube? And we we're like, no, because we don't do video with our audio. It's, it's just audio because it's a podcast. And, uh, you know, we, we weren't smart asses about it. We we're just like, we didn't realize that that was a thing. And they're like, yeah, we just, we get all of our like, internet content from youtube so it'd just be cool to get it all in one place um and we don't really care if it's it's even just like a still shot for an hour or two hours however long the podcast is we're like oh okay well that definitely makes sense so from that day onward we had a youtube channel and we upload to it granted we definitely don't have like the biggest um subscribe you know list of all time but um that we definitely know people listen to our podcast via um, YouTube. So we make it a priority to upload there. Well, and it's important, like once you are getting an audience to kind of talk to them about their preferences too, because you, sometimes you just don't know. Yeah. And if they say, Hey, you should be on YouTube. You should probably be on YouTube, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and worst case, like you do it for six months, it doesn't work. And then like, if someone asks you, why aren't you on YouTube? Like, well, because it just wasn't working for me. Um, but at least you can back it up with like an experience of it wasn't working for me as opposed to, well, I just didn't feel like doing it, you know? So, um, again, with the marketing, it's all experiments to figure out what it is you need to be doing and when, um, right. which I know it, it can be a little bit frustrating because people just like have instructions just handed to them on a silver platter, but every single person's case is different. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of like, God, have to just get into it and try it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so we touched on uh, quite a few things with social networking. Um, We actually just have straight up networking next. Um, And this basically translates to good old fashioned face to face time. Am I correct? 
Yeah, um, this is something, at least within my network of friends and colleagues, that's been kind of a struggle because a lot of us, we just kind of like want to hide behind our screens and not interact with people. And that's not the case for anyone. Like some people love, you know, the face to face interaction. But, you know, when you've been doing, say, like a webcomic for a few years and you're not really like an hourly social person, when you suddenly get big enough to go buy a promo table and like an artist alley like it's terrifying because mm-hmm. you don't know how people are going to interact you don't know how people are going to react to your artwork um it's a little scary but i'm telling you it's so important not not just for growing your audience but for like personal growth as well right. um i remember when i first had to start doing networking in college for my career i hated it because like i couldn't relate to anybody at these like tech events that i kept going to to see if i can find a job and then what really helped me is I started going to these conventions where people were a little bit like on the nerdy side and I could talk to them about like video games and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's where it really clicked for me where like my problem wasn't that I was afraid to talk to people. I really just needed to be able to have something to talk about. Right. Um, so if you're kind of like in the nerdy niche, like Dave and I are, I think it's important to go to conventions you don't necessarily have to buy a promo table although dave you had a promo table recently how did that go so i've uh talked about this a few times recently uh mainly on the the episode we did on a recap for galaxy con mm-hmm. uh so galaxy con was basically our first like what we refer to as our uh, first official like um con outing but yeah, uh, GalaxyCon back in November, um, it was so incredibly beneficial to us at um, uh, at the time of uh, just where we were at, at the podcast, where we were, we were kind of like, we felt like we were hitting a wall with uh, gaining more and more listeners. And that's because we, we essentially were like... Uh, you know, we were, we're still in like the, the quote unquote infants or baby phase of like podcasting because, you know, some podcasts have been around for a really long time, um, you know, 10 plus years. And that's, that's quite a while. And three years, you know, is still, you know, a, a brief period of time. Um, you know, it's, it's respectable, but yeah. Anyways, um, we, we felt like we were kind of hitting a wall where, you know, we talked to our friends and we talked to our friends, friends and our family. So everyone like that, we immediately could reach out to, to say like, hey, like, please check out the podcast. Like, you know, if it's not your thing, we respect that. But like, take take a, a minute or two to listen, see if it's up your alley and then like tell your friends like we did all that. And we're like, okay, we need to take it to the next level and start meeting people that we have no fucking clue who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and we realized that going to conventions could be beneficial because one, you're you're doing just that. You're meeting people who you've never met before. Um, you're getting that face-to-face time, which you don't know how beneficial it would be, but turns out it is so incredibly beneficial like to, to talk to people face-to-face because you know, the people that go to conventions, like uh, some are a little socially awkward, some are not. And, and then there's people uh, in between and, but they're all there and they're, they're obviously there to like, you know, interact with in some form or fashion. So if, uh, you know, they take the time to stop by your booth or, or wherever you're set up at, they, you know, they're, they're showing interest. So it's, like I said, it, it's just 
um, for us, it was very beneficial. And just in general, like getting that face-to-face -face time, because like you were alluding to, it's just good to mix up the, the physical and the digital um, mm -hmm. uh, every once in a while, because, you know, we're just, we've gotten into this, this mindset and, and um, just the way we work where it's all digital, mm -hmm. which makes sense because, you know, the, the ease of use of it all, it, it's just, it's a little bit easier, you know, rather than like taking all of your, your, your uh, trade show materials, like your banner and your tablecloth and all that mm -hmm. and setting up for uh, an entire weekend and talking for eight to 10 hours for three days straight. It's a, it's a little exhausting and, mm -hmm. and mentally and physically demanding, but holy shit, like, is it worth it? Is it profitable? Um, and uh, it wasn't monetarily profitable, but like we saw a huge spike in listenership afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, and as well as like uh, interaction on social media, um, it, it was, yeah, like I said, just overall very beneficial to, to get that, that physical networking in there. Well, and I think at the end of the day, I think people, um, whether they realize it or not, crave social interaction because mm -hmm. we are social creatures, like scientifically, um, if we want right. to get deep into it. And and so it's important, even if you're not really an outgoing type person, I, I think it's good for people, you know, unless you have like really, really staggering, like social anxiety, then, you know, don't trigger yourself or anything like mm -hmm. that. But um you know, getting out of the house and honestly out of your own head is yes. really important. Um, and I'll also say too, like, um, in order to promote at a convention or to network, you don't necessarily have to buy a promo table because depending on the event you go to, they can get a little expensive. Um, but one thing that a lot of folks don't know and check with the convention before you do it, because you might get kicked out for it, but always ask first. Sometimes, especially in like the artist alleys, you can split a table yeah so if you want to go in with someone as long as what you're doing is related like i don't think you can mix like a podcast and an artist but if you were like two podcasters um that's a really good example i had a friend one time who at gen con he and several um web comic artists um went in together and what was really cool about it is that um i can't remember the name the comic but he's like one of the most popular webcomic artists on the internet right now um went in with them on it mm. and it was wonderful because not only did people get to meet him but they got to meet all of the other lesser known webcomic artists and and that goes kind of full circle back into like we lift each other up we're not competing yes. with each other Yes, that is, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways, like, from this part of the, the podcast episode, and just in general, is that, like, try to defeat that um, competing mindset, like, it, it, it doesn't have to exist if you choose to not let it exist, like, you have to welcome in this mindset of, um, that we're all in this together, and mm -hmm. we can just, we lift each other up, um, and, you know, like I say, it, it, it can be like that where, you know, we don't compete against each other, you know? Yeah, we're not like Coca-Cola versus Pepsi, you know, like, right. you know, yeah. we're just content creators trying to get our stuff out or small business owners, you know, and it's, right. it's a little bit different when you're 
down in the trenches as opposed to like a multi-billion dollar company um right there's room for everyone yeah for sure like you don't just read one comic series you don't just listen to one podcast you know you don't follow one artist you know you can you can do more than one so yeah um i i had mentioned you know getting out of the house and getting out of your head is important um and you know anxiety and stuff i one thing i wish more people would talk about when it comes to marketing and self-promotion is mental health mm-hmm. absolutely um, we had done a presentation at gmx um r.i.p gmx an old yes. convention we used to go to that no longer is running we had done a panel there about this and one of the um not only like was it important for us to talk about it but we thought it was important for our audience and i think it was like probably looking back the most well-received part of our presentation was talking about the mental health aspect for sure um i think a lot of people forget that like at the end of the day we're trying to hustle and self-promo but we're also people Mm -hmm. and you can't promo if you're not taking care of the person (laughs) right um so of course you know i'm not a medical professional obviously um but you know all of this is kind of coming from my own personal experience um sometimes your mental health gets in your way a lot of the times more than you realize um i have had depression anxiety for a very long time and i am on medication for that but i'm recently discovering um through friends i'm probably an undiagnosed adhd person which would explain a lot about the issues that I have with like actually producing content on a consistent timeline. Yeah. Um, ADHD buddies. Yeah. You know, and when my friends were telling about it, I was like, man, that makes so much sense. So like I fully support taking care of your noggin mm-hmm. before you do anything else. Now yes. it's easier said than done. I know that one having the resources, like the money or the insurance or whatever to go to a therapist, go to a doctor or whatever is sometimes unavailable. Um, and also, even if it is, it can be really, really scary and hard. It, I think it took me like seven years before I finally convinced myself to go. And I wish I had gone earlier, but that's a different segue. But um, if you can't do those things, talk to your friends. Um, if you go to college, a lot of the times colleges um, will have free resources for uh, stuff like that. Like I actually went to a psychologist in college for free, which was great. Um you can also just look up articles. Like there's a website called Psychology Today, which is actually the website where I found my therapist. Um, mm-hmm. that has a lot of really good articles about how to kind of self-treat your anxiety a little bit. Do I think it's the best way to do it? No, but sometimes realistically it's like all you can afford to do, right? right. Um, or you're just not ready to go see a professional about it yet. So you want to like tip tip your uh, foot in the water a little bit before you deep dive in uh, and that's okay like you know i'm an advocate for therapy but if you're not ready um don't force yourself to go for sure but it's it's important like as like a small business owner or a content creator to know that sometimes that can get in your way and not to beat yourself up over it um mm-hmm. you know there are some days where i'm working on stuff um on my personal website which the plug is nerdettdesigns.com um and there's nothing gets done because I can't focus or I like, I'm not feeling well or, you know, whatever the case may be. Maybe I had a bad day at work and I'm just burnt out, but there are just some days where like, 
you kind of just have to let yourself fail a little bit and that's okay. Um, which took me a very long time to realize um, that it's okay to just not do something sometimes. Do right. I want to be productive 100% of the time? Sure, but it's not realistic. Like no one can be a machine all the time. Um, yeah. I wish I could. It'd be great. But there's just some days you just, you just got to let yourself play video games for a few hours and then try again tomorrow, you know? Um, I think yeah. it becomes more of a problem where you should probably seek help is where like if months have gone by and the thing you're trying to do hasn't happened, you should probably get help because <laughs> right. I've been there like, and that's why I'm on medication. So, um, yeah, I, I can definitely relate to the whole, um, you know, just letting yourself take a day off or a week off or however long you feel mm-hmm. like you may need to just give your brain a rest from trying to, um, you know, expedite your, your material or your content, whatever it is you're trying to do. Because like I, sometimes I come home from work, uh, with intentions on either busting out a podcast, uh, doing research for an upcoming episode, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it is, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be planning it f- for, you know, the whole day at work. And then I come home and I'm either so exhausted from work or like the kids are nuts or just my mental health, uh, kind of like we're talking about it, It's just not, uh, not where it, it needs to be mm-hmm. that day or maybe that week or month, um, then, you know, I'll just, I'll take some time off. Um, you know, I'll make a post on social media be like, Hey, like no content this week. Like, you know, uh, uh I'll, uh, maybe I'll do like a blog post instead or something that's a little mm-hmm. less like mentally taxing or like just sharing like an article from like, um, cbr.com or like IGN, mm-hmm. um, do like, it's it's good to have those like backups that that are like easy like easy things to to do it's to keep your audience engaged to let people know they haven't like vanished off the side of the planet or anything like that Um, but also most of the time people are really resonate when you're just really honest you're like hey like i'm not having a great mental health week i'll see you all next week here's a really cool article most people will just be like hell yeah have a good week yeah yeah. Right. Yeah. Props. Like, uh, I, I think it was, um, passion pit, uh, that, uh, I forget his name, but like a year or two ago, like he mm-hmm. made a post on social media it, and Brianna, it might've actually been you that posted it, uh, where he, he talked about how he was dealing with some mental health issues yep. and he was taking some time off from making music and touring. And I was like, fucking yep. props to you, dude. Like hell yeah. For like, and being a musician, um, someone that's kind of like solely responsible for making their own music and just making music in general. Like it's so demanding because mm-hmm. uh, like we, we tend to think of musicians as like, no pun intended, but like rock stars where they're just yeah. raking in the cash. And really that's not the case for a vast majority of them. Like they have to work really fucking hard because like artists, like they don't make a whole lot of money off of their mm-hmm. music. Um so for them to like stop doing all that is, is kind of like a big deal. Uh, and and so when he was willing to like do that and, and make the statement that he was, um, you know, making the choice because of, you know, he needed to address, uh, you know, mental health issues. Like I, I, I just, I had a newfound respect for him. So that should never be something that you, you hesitate on, mm-hmm. um, uh, like if you don't want to share that part of your your quote unquote story, like you 
don't feel obligated to, but know that like any decent human being isn't going to hold it against you, right? Yeah, and if they do, you don't want them in your audience. Like literally tell them exactly. to fuck off and then block yeah. your page. Exactly. Like, like you don't it's need your that content. Tell yeah, them. it is yeah, it is 2020. You don't need that kind of negativity in your life. Yeah, exactly. Like fuck them. Yeah. That's that um, is the theme of 2020. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. You heard you heard it right here on the Key Garage podcast. Is 2020 fuck them? <laughs> I mean, it's an election year. That's pretty much how the election years go. Oh uh, God, don't remind. <laughs> it's 2020. Fuck them. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, um, I mean, it, it is a brief uh, uh, interruption from the the hey. I don't know what's going to happen this year. I don't have 2020 vision <laughs> <laughs> or the I'm Barbara Walters. And this is, uh, uh, this is 2020. This, this is 2020. I'm like, uh, fuck. <laughs> is this the first episode recording for 2020? Um, so it's not, um, it, yes and no. So our first episode, which, um, by the time this, uh, releases, uh-huh. it'll be after, Okay. Um, the first one, but the the first one we're releasing is under Geek Garage Goes to the Movies. So this okay. will be the first main show episode of 2020. So to answer your question, yes and no. So just curious. All right. So um, uh, I think we only have a couple more things to touch on um, for this episode. Uh, we'll uh, we'll go into some marketing resources um, if that's cool. So yeah, I'd mentioned a few times during the podcast um, different types of resources, but I wanted to sum them up at the end here. Um, so most of these actually will have more resources on their website. So if you need to learn more about social media or email marketing or whatever it is that you plan to do, um, there's a lot of really great content on them. Um, one of the ones we had talked about was Hootsuite. Um, and there is a free version of it that you can use for scheduling your social posts. So if you don't want to have to post everything manually, and I really recommend that you don't because you will lose your fucking mind. Um, Hootsuite is a really good free app for that. Um, if you need a logo designed and you don't have the money to pay a logo designer, there is a website called Place It. Like Place It. Mm-hmm. That actually has some pretty robust logo options. You know, the the downfall is that there is the chance that someone else will be using the same sort of logo as you. But there are so many options to change, like, the colors and the fonts and the style of it that, honestly, like, the chances of that are pretty slim. I always recommend to people, if they don't have money to invest in a brand, go ahead and use a logo maker like Placeit so that you have something that looks good. And then later on, once you have the more resources and the money, then hire a brand designer to make your shit look good. Because otherwise, you don't want to start with a bad logo because then no one's going to take you seriously. So place it. Highly recommend it. Um, Vecdeasy is also a place where you can get free logo or just graphic design stuff from. Um, Pexels.com is a place to find stock images. So if you write a blog and need images for your posts, it's a really good place to find them. Um, MailChimp, if you think that your audience um, is going to be checking their email for your content, you can set up a free account uh, a free account with MailChimp for that. MailChimp uh, is great, by the way. Oh, it's amazing. Um, and, and email marketing is not dead. 
Um, it's definitely not dead. <laughs> yeah, like if if you come across someone who says like, "Oh, who who does email marketing anymore?" Like a lot of fucking people, because a lot Everyone. of people. Yeah, like I mean, granted, it's uh, like you you mentioned earlier in the podcast, like not everyone is going to be checking their email, mm-hmm. uh, but like there's a lot of people that work office jobs and I'm not going to lie. And I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I check my personal email while I'm at work. Uh, granted, I'm not sitting in my email account like all day long, right? but you know, like maybe I'll, I'll take like five minutes or so, or like during lunch, like I'll check my personal email. Mm-hmm. And, and so like, yeah, like definitely, uh, definitely use uh, MailChimp or, 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 you know, some other form of email marketing um, that's easily accessible and usable because, um, you know, both Brianna and I worked for an email marketing company for uh, a long period of time. And we can attest to the fact that it is, that email is not dead. Yeah. We, have, yet, we um, have the numbers to prove it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. It's, it, it's quite insane. The amount of money that uh, companies spend on email marketing. Yeah. Just, easy. just email by itself. Um, yeah. The only advice I'd give about email marketing. And again, this is one of those things where I could do an entire episode about it is mm-hmm. um, a lot of people will, opt into your email list if there is some incentive that is email specific. So say, for example, you run an Etsy store and you set up a 20% coupon or, you know, what have you, um, make it an email exclusive mm-hmm. and they will yeah. sign up for that shit. Yeah, um, that, is, that is definitely a good idea. Kind of the same with um, Patreon, which is another one of our resources on the list. Um, the content that you post on Patreon um, you know, which gives people the incentive to give you money, whether it be like $1 or $100 per month, um, make it exclusive or make it early release. Uh, yeah. That way people have an advantage of like, it's more like an exchange and less like a donation. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, so I, I just, that's one of the big changes uh, or incorporations of, of 2020 that I'm doing for the podcast. And I've made a couple announcements uh, about this so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we're, we're starting up our, our Patreon again. It's kind of always existed, but I never really promoted it because Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to focus purely on the content. But now Mm -hmm. since we're doing things like conventions and, and we're doing ads every once in a while, I I'd like to kind of break even. And just like you said, it's good to think of it as more of an exchange rather than like begging for money. Mm-hmm. And on the note of like using this as a resource um, and like these uh, these resources, like having articles and blog posts and stuff like Patreon actually has some really great and up to date um, mm-hmm. posts and articles about how to go about like setting up your Patreon, like asking your your listeners, your viewers, your whoever you're marketing your your content or your your stuff to, like how to go about asking them for money, um, mm-hmm. and, and all different kinds of like very useful stuff because it was something that me and my co-host Ted were very like trepidatious about, like we, we were very like scared to come off as like begging, mm-hmm. and and Patreon is really good with like. Um, writing these articles addressing those issues because they know exactly where you're coming from like they uh, like they understand that you don't want to sound like a like a beggar you just 
kind of want to be compensated for the hard work that you put into your your stuff uh, that that you produce. Um, So definitely, like, if you go the route of Patreon, um, definitely check out some of their articles. Like, they're they're kind of all over the place on on their website. They're they're not hard to find. So yeah, they're um they have really really good advice on that website for sure. Um, one of the issues that I've noticed is common within the small business and or content creator communities is not having access to graphic design resources without commissioning someone, uh, which is fine if you have the money. But if you don't, there's actually an online app called Canva, yes. which is incredible. Um, yeah. It is easily. So for context, my side of marketing is actually very heavily um, based in graphic design. And that's mostly what I do. Now, I do know a lot about marketing in general that feeds my graphic design experience. But I have looked at the templates on Canva and like not only are they absolutely illegitimate, but they're just they're gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and they will look you make you look like a pro, like not just that you pulled a template from somewhere like it makes you look like you know what you're doing. Yeah, all of my resumes recently within the last, I want to say three to five years, they've all come from Canva. Um, yeah. And, and and for good reason, like they have excellent color schemes, excellent layouts, like they have templates for any possible um like uh, profession that that you could think of mm-hmm. um i mean granted they, they might be lumped into like certain categories they might not be super niche but there there's definitely a template out there for everyone and just like rihanna said like they're they're beautiful they're they're very well laid out so you just open one up and and just kind of plug things in and it's not just resumes it's you know like one sheets and like infographics Mm -hmm. all kinds of cool shit that that they have on canva and a lot of it's free like they uh, they do have some like pro versions where you you pay for stuff but um yeah brianna you you obviously um know a little bit more about the the paid yeah like i am blessed with the ability to just use adobe because that's Mm -hmm. what i do for a living i have the entire suite um but there have been some times where i've been in a pinch and i just used canva yeah as a professional designer because i I just don't sometimes i don't have the creative juice and i'm on a tight deadline i just gotta get it out the door um there are some advantages to having a paid canva account um one of them is that you have access to all the premium um templates and um they also have like clip art and those types of things that you could use that aren't exactly free um but honestly like most of their free stuff is amazing so like don't feel pressured to pay for it but if you find yourself using it a lot um i definitely support people throwing money at that platform because i Mm -hmm. you know a lot of designers have a bad rep for good reason for being a little um snobby against stuff like canva but if it's more accessible i think it's better for everyone yeah. Um, so I definitely support Canva. I know a lot of designers don't, but you know they can they can suck off. So <laughs> yeah, they, that, that kind of goes uh, goes alongside um, the 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 next one you have on our list, which is Squarespace. Uh, like, yeah. Uh, like I mean, like I kind of got my. I'm a software developer, and I got my start with like development and web development at first Same. before I mm-hmm. before I moved to software. And like for me to say that I support Squarespace is saying something like um uh just like you said with 
you know, some designers being snobby towards, you know, a, a product like Canva, like Squarespace is a, is an excellent solution. If you don't have the money and resources to throw at a professional web developer at the yeah. moment, like if you need something that's like free or, you know, uh, you only have like 50 bucks or 40 bucks or whatever. Um, and you just want to go like, it is a great resource for a first website. If, if you just want to like, go ahead and get your shit out there. And um, you can transfer it afterwards too. You're not stuck or beholden to Squarespace. I think that's a lot of people get anxiety where they get into Squarespace and they might want to transfer it to something else. You have the right to do that. Like they can't sure. hold your stuff. Like, I don't think they can legally do that. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, like transferring from Squarespace is um, very, very common. It's actually something I has have a, as a designer slash web developer have done a lot of migrations from Squarespace into something more robust, which is WordPress. Mm-hmm. Um, I love WordPress, but I don't I recommend too. it for beginners at all. Yeah, there, there's a huge learning curve to mm-hmm. WordPress. It's it's fantastic when you have learned how to use it. And there are plenty of like YouTube tutorials mm-hmm. um, and, and uh, tutorials elsewhere like Udemy um, to learn how to use WordPress if you've mm-hmm. kind of like tinkered with Squarespace. Um, which I mean, is definitely a good jumping off point, uh, or, or stepping stone to get to WordPress is, is coming from Squarespace. Um, but just like Brianna said, like it is, it's, it's an excellent, like content management tool for your website. Um, I use it for geek garage. Like that's, that's what powers the geek garage website. Um, but just like Brianna said, it, um, uh, it's, it's not recommended for beginners because there is a lot to it. Well, in Squarespace also, um, they support e-commerce, which is important for a lot of people who sell online um, to the point where like a lot of really big names have started using it, which is really impressive because Squarespace is kind of like an out of the box solution. It's both a website host and also a website builder, Mm -hmm. uh, which is amazing. Um, You can also register your domain there, I believe. So you can kind of just do everything at once. Yep. Uh, for context, previously, you would have to like go to a website like GoDaddy to register your domain, and then you'd have to right. go to another website to get it hosted, and mm-hmm. then you'd have to go to WordPress and download it. Mm-hmm. It was just like a nightmare. And like, I mean, at this point, I'm used to it because I'm a web developer, but when you're a beginner, like I ran a friend through how to do this the other day because for personal reasons, she wanted to be on something more robust, mm-hmm. and she just was so frustrated that I finally told her, I was like, just buy me lunch or something, and I'll show you how to do it um <laughs> yeah but yeah i big proponent of squarespace go squarespace it's amazing the again the templates look professional don't be afraid to use a template it is way better than trying to do it on your note on your own if you don't know what you're doing because then it just looks like shit right use a template All, templates yeah. are great also uh shout out to squarespace hey if you want to sponsor this podcast hit me up because i will definitely plug your shit like, I know you're, like, the official sponsor for, like, every single podcast out there, mm-hmm. but as a web and software developer, I can attest to how great your product is. So if you want to sponsor my podcast, I will let you. They might have an affiliate program. You might just have to sign up. You've you've had your uh, podcast for three years now. They'd probably be like, hell yeah. Yeah, um, I, I might. Uh, that's kind of what, like, alongside Patreon, I've also started looking into... Um, uh, uh, sponsorships. Mm-hmm. I know most of them, they go off of like how many downloads sure. uh, you have per month. 
Uh, but uh, like you said, they a lot of them have affiliate programs where, um, you know, if you produce content, you know, at a certain rate or meet some other requirements other than, you know, just strict download numbers, then, you know, they have other options. So. Well, a lot of them um, don't really care as much about the numbers now because it's so easy to set up an affiliate program on the back end now mm-hmm. that, um, you know, worst case, you give someone an affiliate link and it creates no sales. That's literally all that happens. Like right. you're not going to lose money giving someone an affiliate link. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely worth looking into. I don't recommend doing it until you've been online for at least like maybe a year. Cause if you are brand new, it's usually an automatic no, but if you've been around mm-hmm. for a while and can show that you're dedicated and they're like, yeah, here's a link. Yeah. Help you make some money. Yeah, for sure. Anyway. Um, that's all I had to talk about today. Yeah. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think, uh, I think we have touched on pretty much everything. Um, I'm going to compile some some condensed version of these notes uh, with Brianna's blessing because mm-hmm. um, a good portion of our notes for this the, this evening's podcast episode were provided by her. So I'm going to get with her after the recording and figure out a way to condense them so <clears throat> it doesn't seem like I'm plagiarizing. <laughs> Uh, but uh, just for for the ability of our listeners to be able to go to the website, check the show notes, and mm-hmm. have uh, be able to go back and get links for everything that we we listed out, um, especially the uh, the the blue social business card. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I uh, just using that as a specific instance because I know a lot of people. You know, they listen to podcasts either while they're working or while they're driving and don't necessarily have a way to write stuff down. Um, mm-hmm. We don't definitely don't want people texting and driving um, or Mm-mm. trying to take notes on their phone while they drive. Um, so, you know, I, I try and provide notes to, for them to go back to if, um, if need be. So. Well, so, and yeah. also, um, well, also um, if anyone's interested in kind of doing a deep dive on any of these topics, I'm actually about to, re-release my website um nerdatdesigns.com with all this information and like a more detailed actionable context specifically for geeks and nerds and gamers so if you're interested in that type of content and you're in that niche that's definitely something that i will be writing about on my website um it is also a portfolio website but it is not necessarily um just going to be a graphic design portfolio it's also going to be an online resource so if you need help with stuff you can just email me and I'm okay with that. Well, Brianna, on, on that note, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and sign off. But thank you so much for um, agreeing to to come on. Um, yeah. I know that uh, we've been we've been buddies for a while now, and um, it, it was great to kind of tackle this this topic in this capacity in in the long format rather than kind of being restricted to a uh, a time period of you know. 55 minutes when we had to do it in um and that's that's the thing about conventions you get you get rushed out the door yeah um it's you know it is what it is but this was awesome to to be able to you know take our time with explaining Mm -hmm. things um i I feel like it was very beneficial uh i mean for me personally because you know a lot of this stuff i hadn't really thought about or considered Mm -hmm. um Uh, so I, I, not to make it sound like I had some sort of ulterior motive here, but 
I definitely want, I, I, I thought that what you had to bring to the table would have been very beneficial to a lot of our listeners, mm-hmm. um, which uh, kind of helps me tie this this episode in general to the podcast mm-hmm. because you know it's not necessarily like geek media related um you know learning about how to market your brand but a lot of you know people that uh that enjoy geek and nerd related things like you know M- the mcu and anime and cosplay and going to conventions they also have things of their own that they do whether you know they're a t- twitch streamer or uh, they create content on youtube they so nerdy uh sweatpants with materials from joann's whatever whatever it is you mm-hmm. know they uh those the people that uh do all those things they they have side gigs of their own um so that's that's kind of why i thought this kind of information and, and what you could bring to the table would be an extremely valuable podcast episode to, for to sure. deliver for, for the show and uh, I, I just uh, I, I can't think of a, any better way to, to thank you other than to say thank you. And I, too, will buy you lunch the next time I see you, whenever that Great. is. I'm um, very food. I'm very food motivated, much like a cat. Yeah, um, yes. Uh, well, I have a dog and um, he eats table scraps uh, all the time. Um, he basically just follows my kids around and waits for them <laughs> to to drop food on the floor and he's like mm, I, I like these kids I used to not like them back when they were just babies but now that they drop food all the time then... now that they walk and talk and drop food they're great uh, yeah they're my best friend <laughs> um, but yeah we'll we'll go ahead and sign off Brianna once again thank you so much for coming on and imparting yeah. such great wisdom to me and our listeners um, and we will see you next time. And remember, be kind, stay geeky, and eat lots of cheesecake. Thank you very much. Bye! <laughs> uh, oh, that's the podcast. <laughs> and that, that is the podcast. <laughs>